This is no ordinary pod. No ordinary pod. We finally have some NFL football to talk about. This is no ordinary pod. Cha-cha. No ordinary pod. Yes, yes, yes it is. And welcome to the Ordinary Pod on the Ordinary Pod and Radio St. Networks. I am one of your co-hosts, Michael Duggar. The other co-host who just welcomed you in is Noah Hemer. Noah, how are you doing? Doing great. You know, I've got to watch game one of the NFL last night, Packers, Bears. It kind of played out how I anticipated it. So, you know, I, it was fun to watch. Let's just get right into it. We don't really have a lot to talk about. Don't have the weather's fine in Florida. We're good. Keep, people in the Bahamas and on the Carolinas on the coast, keep hanging there. Keep hang, um, fighting Hurricane Doreen. We have football to talk right now. So let's get right into last night's game. Last night's game started between kicked off the NFL's 100th season. And it was between the Green Bay Packers and the Chicago Bears. And it was personally the punts, the defense. I didn't mind it all. The game ended up ten to three. wasn't the cleanest offensive execution game. wasn't the best play calling personnel a lot. This is essentially another preseason game because they don't get to because starters just don't play in the preseason anymore. So there's going to be some early kinks to work out in the first month of the season, and you saw a lot of that in this game. But it was both coaches pitched defense coaches were beautiful to, uh, called a beautiful game defensively. And this is a big reason why we picked the Packers to win this division and I picked them to, to win the Super Bowl is because they're improved defensive personnel. And you saw all of them on display last night. So, Noah, what did you see? Because you, you, we were texting about the night how, we, how much we were enjoying this game. So, what did you see in this game that confirmed your beliefs that, the, that Green Bay has the edge over Chicago in this division? To just start with the when the Bears have the ball, Packers are on D. There just wasn't a whole lot. They were just forcing Trubisky to do what Trubisky. They were saying, Trubisky, if you're going to Chicago, if you're going to beat us, it's going to be through Trubisky and through the air. They shut down the run game and essentially, but didn't Chicago just stop running the football? And that lack of wise play calling in my opinion was detrimental like you cannot put in a 10 to 3 game you cannot just put the game in Trubisky's hands they were driving down the field it started at like a four and a half ish minute mark the Bears were they were down 10-3 right after they got Mason Crosby field goal to put them up seven they were driving down the field and they were going hurry up hurry up hurry up and I was just thinking the Bears are moving way too fast because even if they score and it's 10-10, you're giving the ball back to Aaron Rodgers with plus time. And the Packers had no timeouts. Like, if I'm the Bears, I'm just kind of, like, playing more so for overtime. So I, the, the play calling and the, and, the, and the way the offense was moving just didn't really make a whole lot of sense to me. I appreciate the the quickness because, you know, try to catch the defense off guard. But they snapped the, their last play before the two-minute warning was the interception to Adrian Amos. And Trubisky stared down the corner route, and Amos had the easiest pick he's probably going to have all season. He was playing the free safety over the top. Trubisky was staring down to the left side. All he did was follow the eyes, and the ball was right there. Threw it into double coverage. Um, David Montgomery looked awesome. 
that's the only him and Allen Robinson are like, in my opinion, and Taylor Gabriel are the bright spots in the offense. It was fun to see Tariq Cohen play more in the slot than anywhere else. I think that is a great way to kind of get David Montgomery and him on the field at the same time. But but you have defensive. to think you have to play to David Montgomery to get him on the field. That's something that was just it has to just be a rookie mistrusting. Because everyone saw what we saw, which is David Montgomery, yes, he had six carries for eighteen yards, but we all saw him breaking tackles in the balance. And he had a phenomenal catch over the middle of the field for twenty five yards. I that was one of the most baffling things I saw all night. And you and personally speaking, you would rather who would you rather have playing slot receiver for you? Anthony Miller or Tariq Cohen? Anthony Miller. And that's who that's who Tariq Cohen is taking snaps from. Which is crazy to think about. Maybe maybe Anthony Miller isn't as good as we think. I'd like to see him with a legit quarterback instead of happy feet Trubisky. But I I feel like you were going there with some with your next train of thought, so I'll let you continue. I was just gonna progress. I mean the Packers D line showed out. That front seven's awesome. Rashawn Gary had a good game. Um, Zadarius Smith, the former Baltimore Ravens outside linebacker, had a good game. Uh, and then that secondary, that secondary was balling out. The weakest part of that Packers D is the linebacker position. But they're, in my opinion, their front four is front four, front five are solid enough, and their back, their secondaries awesome and I think they're gonna have a chance to lock down anyone they want I loved it I thought the Packers looked great um what are your what are your thoughts on the Packers D um Trubisky and just that's that when the Bears have the ball I was I don't want to say shocked, but I was just, like you mentioned with Trubisky, them throwing the ball a lot. I had the stats right here. Trubisky threw the ball 45 times. In comparison, Rodgers only threw the ball 30 times. I know we're not going to get to that in a second. Rodgers threw the ball 30 times. And coming into this, you would think, you know, one team has Rodgers and a great pass-blocking O-line. The other team has Trubisky with a pretty pretty good offensive line in terms of pass protection and a stable of running backs and the team with the stable of running backs and the subpar quarterback ended up throwing 45 times. And a lot of it came in at the end of the game. I get that and stuff. But you're not going to win with Trubisky throwing 45 times a game. It's just that simple. Allen Robinson had seven for 102 yards. Seven catch, 102 yards. He looked like a monster. But he can only do so much. He's used to playing with bad quarterbacks, with Bortles and now to Trubisky. feel bad for the guy. I want to see him in an actually decent offense, but he chose a sign for Chicago, so I guess you reap what you sow. But there was the play calling. I mean, it's just, just to harp on a lot of stuff you said. The play calling was questionable. The decision to go for it on fourth and ten instead of kicking a field goal to make it 10-6. It, that it's... it's it, Kickers are important. We we like to bash them and say they're not real football players, all that stuff. But they're very important because you're on the 35-yard line and you don't trust your kicker to make a 51-yarder 50, and it's week one. 
So Chicago has no kicker again. Eddie Panera made like a thirty, like a forty-yard field goal. Good for him. Gets his confidence up. But then later in the later in the half, your own coach is in search you to kick a forty-yard field goal. And for all the Allen Robinson talk, you know I like Taylor Gabriel. We both liked Anthony Miller pre-draft. And they're trying to use Cordell Patterson way too much, way too much receiver of Cordell Patterson. But none of them really can create separation. And I know that that's, that could be Trubisky, that we would like to criticize Trubisky who can't throw left, but a lot of the times his players weren't open. And that's that's the, the Green Bay secondary. It's Blake Martinez, the inside linebacker, who looked phenomenal last night. It's glad to see him, him fully healthy again for this season. But this Bears offense is not good. Their defense created a lot of offense for them last year, and we're going to see turnover regression it happens all the time all the time so i'm not this is why no one i you and i didn't pick chicago because of trubisky because we don't believe in the in this offense outside of david montgomery and Allen robinson so how do you what were your thoughts on the packers new look offense because we expect the chicago to just to just be their defense to be amazing and now you see the people they like I don't know where this Roy Robertson Harris guy has three solo tackles and in a sack and three tackles for loss and two QB hits. Like this guy was everywhere, adding another player to the mix. I thought Chuck Pagano did a phenomenal job calling plays. But which is why we don't we don't, we don't need to spend too much time on there. So what did you think of Matt LaFleur, LaFleur and Rogers in in that partnership for the in uh in a game for the first time? Well, you texted me, it was fourth quarter, but you texted me and you go, all caps, uh-oh, Rogers likey the play action. Yeah. <laughs> and he is having, I feel like he's having so much fun handing the ball off a couple times and then really selling that play action. I love seeing Rogers, like you said yesterday, Rogers, you were not necessarily apprehensive, but kind of curious of how it was going to go between the Matt LaFleur quick hitters, which they were a couple of them that got dropped. I love the quick hitters because they're drive starters. The rhythm throws are drive starters. Then you run the ball, and then you get some play action off of it. You just keep the defense guessing on what's coming. What I loved about it, though, is you're running play action, and you get Aaron Rodgers on a bootleg action with no one around him outside the pocket, just creating whatever he can. And you already have the front seven, six or seven, flowing towards the play action, uh, the play action run. You're just creating so much space for Aaron Rodgers to operate. And and he looked great. Uh, he was making great time, great decisions, tucking it down, running the ball when he had to. And you saw the athleticism that he still has. He was spreading the ball around. Jimmy Graham got involved. MVS got involved. Devontae Adams didn't have a huge game, but he was still involved, had some key catches to get some drive started. Um you know the Bears are going to be like, we're going to force everyone except for if the Packers are going to beat us, it's not going to be with Devontae Adams. You, he was getting, there was one time where Rodgers threw a great ball, but it was into triple coverage. And then did you see Adams point, you see the clip where he's walking away and Adams points, literally is counting all three. He goes one, two, three, and then points to himself. But, uh, wasn't the best showing for him, but Marquez Valdez-Scantling, fantasy purposes and this team purposes, he's going to get to a lot of looks. Oh yeah, it's going to be a great great number 2 and we haven't 
the Packers with Aaron Rodgers, you know, it's been a lot of the who's the number one guy and then who's the slot PPR guy. Um, and it's just nice to kind of see Aaron Rodgers spreading the wealth around. I think they have a really good receiving core. Um, I've been really enjoying it. What's his Aaron Jones looked good last night going into the fourth quarter. They were run. They ran like three, three or four zone plays last night in a row. And he was in the zone, cut back the zone, cut back the zone, cut back getting anywhere between four and eight, nine yards a pop. And that's just has to go with a bears defense, not knowing exactly what's going on. And I'm just kind of being a little tired. Uh, they were just, they're, offense just kept going I mean both offenses in the third quarter were just going three and out three and out three and out but it was just fun it was just fun to watch and this game kind of this game just came down to field position and the Packers weren't worried they were like oh man we didn't score this time okay we'll just take our fifth round punter J.K. Scott oh and he's just and he's just gonna boom it 65 yards down the field it just completely flipped the field Dude, punters are getting loved the last two drafts with Michael Dixon last year completely changing Seattle special teams and flipping, like you said, this, the uh, field position. And now this J- this Scott guy, where, what college did he go to? He was a Bama. Uh, Bama punter, yeah. A Bama specialist got drafted. That's wild. I know. That is wild. But, yeah, we didn't get to see – we saw – I mentioned on yesterday's pod to in an article that I was going to be sh- coming up today that – the Packers ranked 20, 27th in play action percentage. And I don't have the numbers yet in terms of what they ran today, what they ran last night. But the other thing is the the run the run pass splits. They ran the ball in 34.2% of their plays, which is good enough for 21 times a game versus 40 passes a game. And this in the first game, they ran the ball 22 times but threw the ball 30 times. It's a lot more even split. And the Bears test is not, this Bears opening game is not the what this offense is going to be. The, this, this is a blueprint from them where it's, hey, we're going to get to my formation. We're going to mix in some, like you said, play actions, get Jimmy Graham involved all of a sudden. They still have Mercedes Lewis, which I'm not saying is going to make a big impact, but that's having another veteran tight end. They also have that tight end from Texas A&M. It's long hair. Not long hair, number 81, who I love. I don't know if he's going to get any playing time, but he's he's phenomenal. Jace, what's his last name? It's going to bother me now. Amaro? No, no, no. <laughs> You're no. thinking of the, old, the Texas Tech guy. Sternberger. Uh. Uh, he's on injured reserve, so learn something new every day. Uh, but, yeah, this this is I, – I was happy with what I saw because – those run lanes that we didn't see, and Aaron Jones looked explosive. He didn't look – he didn't get – he didn't have a lot of running lanes, but he still had almost a four yards per average carry against the the Bears, number, who have the number one rush defense in the NFL. And they still were committed to the run, trying to establish the run, the little double entendre that Evan Silva and, and that team has. But I, I loved what I saw, and – yeah, I, it was it was a night you saw Mike Pett and you saw Rogers celebrate with the coaches. I saw the play action thing. I saw Rogers point to the sideline. Like I'm just I include this all I include all this in the article. It is it was just a it was it was honestly such a massive win. I you, got one last question before because I think we're we're both pretty solid on the where the Packers are. 
were certain of where the Bears' offense is, and we know what this Bears' defense is capable of. But we talked yesterday about, or in the preview, like I don't know if Chicago's going to make the playoffs. Against a team, this is how I look at it. Tell me, tell me what you think. Bears, when teams that don't have good offensive lines, when the Bears play the Chargers, they're going to destroy the Chargers. Yes. So at what point does tri- the Bears' defense and that pass rush outweigh and carry enough of what Trubisky in this offense and its limitations? I'm so. Are you? Can you read the question one more time? I'm sorry. Yeah. So just like the balance between the dominance of Bears D and the incompetence of the Chicago O. Where at what point does the Bears D or Bears offense need to solidify itself to take some weight off this Bears D? How far can this? Let me. How far can this Bears D really take this team? If they get the same turnover numbers as last year. The, the same division they'll be they'll, they can make the, a wild card in my opinion but they go to Denver next week Vic Fangio is gonna know everything that that guy has so they go to Denver and then at Washington on a Monday night game which I still am disgusted by then they host Minnesota on a short week go to Oakland but I think that game's in London because it says 1 p.m then they host yeah, it's in London. Then they host the Saints, host the Chargers at Philly. I looking at the looking at the schedule and the the fact you can't trust this offense at all. I don't see them as a wild card team, and I'm not saying the defense is going to get frustrated, and I'm not even saying Chase Daniels is going to be getting playing time barring an injury. I just don't see this offense being successful. For, for when when they're needed. It happened last year where, you know, they won that I'm trying to think of, they beat the Rams on that Sunday night game. But they their offense didn't do anything. That was all the defense. So I think the defense will still be elite, but I don't think they're elite enough. I think I think the Bortles Jacksonville comparison's perfect because they have their quarterback. Next year people are like, oh this defense is gonna be amazing again. They're Yet, the offense puts him in such continuous bad spots all the time with f- f- losing the field position battle. It's and like being on the field for last night. They were on the field for what was the time position numbers, real quick? I would say it was pretty even. Yeah, it was the Packers are on the field thirty-one minutes, and that was the Packers who don't, who don't have a great run game yet. So what's going to happen when they stumble into a, you know, a Minnesota team with Dalvin? or a New Orleans team with Kamara. So there's just a lot of these factors where I just don't... And the tougher schedule, playing the the cross matchups with the division winners, I don't like those. Yeah, I just I just haven't had a good vibe. This is one of the three teams, when we get to the playoff predictions in a, in a second, it's one of the three teams I don't see... I see making their... I think all top three seeds... This is my quote-unquote hot take, all the, the top three seeds in the NFC from last year will not make the playoffs. I think the Saints are the most likely to make the playoffs out of the three, but 
again, I wouldn't be surprised if the NFC South had Carolina and Atlanta coming out. That's where I'm rolling with. Well, let's, let's let's transition to that. Do you have any other thoughts on this game? No, not really. I was really impressed with the Bears' pass rush. Um, David, they were giving David Bakhtiari all he could handle, and it was impressive to see what they could do. But at the same time, this defense can only take this team so much. But moving into the NFC South, a team, a, a division we haven't really looked at all that much. Uh, explain why you think the Saints I assume are going to be your third team in the division they're on the I think they tie for third okay and just explain well I think their defense will still be good I think their offense will still be creative uh I just like two teams better than them I saw what I saw from Drew Brees at the end of last season was not Something that I understand in the postseason, he kind of turned it around. But over a 16-game stretch, where he's not going to get the the bye week before the postseason to recharge, I don't see, and I don't, and I don't think Latavius Murray is as good as Mark Ingram in this system. I think losing Max Unger, although they did trade up and get another center, I think that will, I think that'll take a little bit of learning curve and trust to develop between the rookie center and. Drew Brees, let's like a Brian Stork, Tom Brady thing a couple years ago. And I don't trust the. I understand that Drew Brees and Sean Payton have made receivers outside of you know the Colston, Michael Thomas types. I know they've just plugged and played everyone, but I just don't. I'm just not the. I don't know. I I think it has more to do with me being such big believers in the two teams ahead of them. And I'm not even sure because as we're talking, I still have not picked my final wild card team mentally. So, yeah, I mean, why, you you tell me you were you were the Saints guy last year. I was the Panthers guy. You were the Saints guy last year. Roles have kind of reversed where you're now all in on the Panthers, and you and you're kind of you know screwing away from your Saints a little bit. So I don't. That's a good. I feel like that's a good question to ask you about the Saints. And I'm kind of have I hate to say it I kind of have the same answer I just like Atlanta and Carolina more but it just seems as if the Saints window was last year we saw a regression who does what was the biggest issue the Saints had last year I don't even know because they were so good no they didn't have a number two receiver outside of Michael uh, Thomas yeah, 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 yeah. they had nowhere to go with the football if Michael Thomas was getting double teamed. That's why them losing Des Bryant after they signed I him. And then I cannot Achilles. believe that that just got brought up, and it is so awesome. It's true, though. I know. <laughs> it's true. Like, them losing Des Bryant without him even playing a game, they had no number two receiver. They it, they had who Ted Ginn, a, an old Ted Ginn. Traquan Smith. Traquan Smith, a rookie, who was playing in – for UCF last year, so not against NFL competition. He's only going to get better. Tommy Lee Lewis. Who? Exactly. <laughs> so Hey, he's a little gadget player. No, I know, I know, but just for purposes. <laughs> I know. But that was my issue, and the Saints didn't really address that issue. They didn't really... 
they brought in Latavius Murray. All right, you got your goal line back. Are you going to split Kamara out wide and get both of them on the field more? I don't think so. Uh, Evan Silva on one of his podcasts said that Sean Payton called him soft. Yeah, that, that was... That was, that, was, that was weird because he – I don't know if it was just coach speak, but, I mean, he just said, yeah, Kamara's not going to play all the time. Yeah, and which is good in my opinion, but we saw what happened to Kamara early in the season when Mark Ingram was on his suspension. He just – he had a hard time carrying the load. So that's my issue with the Saints. And Drew Brees just kind of not – they do upgrade, though, at tight end. So that will help in the middle of the field with um Jared Cook with Jared Cook so maybe that'll he's a he that's a upgrade for pass catching options but still they don't that's my issue is where are they going to go outside of Michael Thomas that defense is still going to be solid but that defense isn't going to isn't Chicago D it's not going to win them all the games you know a lot of that a lot of that team is built off of we're going to score points, and then we're going to prevent you from scoring points. It seems very simple, but that that's the way that the Saints work. Is Drew Brees is going to score. You're just not going to score as much. We're going to try to get you into passing situations so that we can keep sending our pass rushers. But if you have the chance to just run the ball down, Saints, down the Saints' throat, it's just not going to end well. So, And I love Carolina is my favorite team in the division because that defensive front Kawan Short, Don Terry Poe, Mario Addison, Brian Burns. Then at the linebacker, you got Shaq Thompson. Gerald got, McCoy. Oh, thank you. Gerald McCoy. Luke Keekley. And that secondary is good enough. They got a number one corner in Dante Jackson, who was a rookie last year, is only going to get better. You got a healthy Cam Newton. You got a third-year Christian McCaffrey who is looks like a monster. Curtis Samuel should if Curtis Sam if this receiving core, this Panthers receiving core can take another step, you have the chance to see Cam Newton put on an MVP type season because of the defense that he's going to be playing with. And you can get good odds on them too. I think they're still sixty to one on the Super Bowl, and I think Cam is still very like thirty to one or something like that to win the MVP. And you're talking to the biggest guy who wears a Panther shirt all the time to work out and play basketball in, and picked him to win the Super Bowl last year. And I still think, and I think they're very. I think Carolina is a great team, and I am. If if they were six and two. Looking really good until Cam's shoulder fell apart, and I think another year in North Turner system. North Turner system. I think Greg Olson being there. I just like uh, improved O line. I love Carolina. I think they are just the second best team in this division. I think actually I think they're the best team for the playoffs. I just I think Atlanta is just going to be great. Atlanta was good last year was pretty good last year and their defense fell apart week one Matt Ryan was pretty spectacular given the circumstances with an O-line that's terrible and a defense where he had to score 40 points to win and he still did well and now Atlanta invests in two two top draft picks in their O-line their defense is healthy again Deion Jones is healthy 
Keanu Neal's healthy. I like I I like I don't mind the dirt cutter going back and calling plays because he's really not that because he's really a, a solid offensive mind. What all he has to do is focus on that side of the ball. And now Dan Quinn is calling defensive plays, so I just think Atlanta is just going to. I think they're going to be great this year. I think Carolina is going to be great. I think New Orleans is going to be good, and I think Tampa is going to be good. Concerns about Atlanta are if Freeman goes down. If Devontae Freeman goes down, then I'm not exactly sure how – I don't believe in Ito Smith and the rest of their running back depth chart to be to be the the consistent force that Freeman is in this backfield. Um, what are your thoughts on the Falcons? I would be in that same sentiment about the running back situation. If last they have they've had the luxury for the past four years or so to have the Devontae Freeman, Tevin Coleman. I mean, Tevin Coleman, when they both two those two got drafted, Tevin Coleman was the day one starter. Yep. And then he went down, and then everyone's like, "Who's this Devontae Freeman guy?" And Michael's over here, just like, "Yep, that's what he does, Devontae Freeman, um, the man." Because they got their. I just pulled up. Behind Devontae Freeman, they got Ito Smith, they got Kenyon Barner, Brian Hill. So it's not much behind there, but they drafted my favorite guard in the draft, Chris Lindstrom from Boston College. And I watched him against FSU. He was mauling our D line. Mauling our D line. And if they're running, if they run they pull him and run power with him or pull him on the outside and run sweep with him that is a scary dude coming at you a scary dude um they also they drafted two linemen in the first round so we'll see they still got alex mack who i talked about yesterday was is a huge upgrade because anytime you have a stud center your whole offensive line is going to get better he's only going to make those rookies better I guess the biggest question for me for this team is can they produce a pass rush? Can Vic Beasley get it done? Can Takaris McKinley get it done? You know, these these if they can get a pass rush, then they're gonna have a shot. I think Matt Ryan's gonna have one of his better years. They got Julio Jones and Mohamed Sanu are like Mohamed Sanu is he was awesome. In Cincinnati, and he's still awesome in Atlanta. I think he's very underappreciated, and if they can get Matt Ryan some protection, I like what can happen. Do you still think that Matt Ryan is Andy Dalton in a dome? No, I've never agreed with that sentiment. Despite the statistics coming at me, I just haven't. I think Matt Ryan's really good, and you bring up valid concerns with the pass rush. But I think that I think that having a intact secondary and linebacking core will will only help the pass rush. Um, but it is it is it is why I'm on the I'm, as we're discussing this division. I, I like to I like talking it out because it lets me get lets me give my thoughts and analyze everything like that. And I'm thinking, you know, maybe maybe this is Carolina's division. Maybe it's Carolina and then Atlanta because Carolina's complete. I think the main reason why is I don't want to get burned by Carolina again. And, you know, K- 
Cam shoulder. It's a it's a legit concern. And if that thing falls apart, their whole season falls apart in a flash, instantaneously, very quickly. So it's it's. I'll make my decision within the next couple minutes. Even though I just said I think Atlanta's going to win the division about legit five minutes ago, and I I'm going to make that decision as we go in the next couple seconds. But we still have one more team to discuss, and that is our hometown Tampa Bay Buccaneers. I I don't even know, man. I don't know. I don't want to get myself hyped up. I don't want to say this team is. I ain't drinking the Kool Aid, bro. You're not. I I I can't. I've tried to drink the Kool Aid every single off season, and I just get burnt every time. So I'm excited to see what happens. I I, I viewed this the same. There are just a couple. I don't expect this Bucks team to be a playoff team. They don't have the defensive depth. They don't have the offensive line depth. It's you, it, it's the the secondary depth is not there. It, it's just the pass rushing is not there. I don't think maybe it will be with Todd Bowles and his creative system, but I'm looking forward to better playing better defense, trying to get some type of run game. Can Jameis take the next step under Bruce Arians? Limit turnovers. Keep. I mean, he played great last year, but can he limit those turnovers and still have something to develop off of? Is he still going to have those bonehead plays? If the, if all those things don't happen, this can be a seven, eight, nine win team that barely misses the playoffs. And that's, for me, that's okay. Just don't make it. It's been so ugly for so many years. I actually think our defense is going to be better. I think our offense is going to be Electric. Well, it's it's going to be better on the basis that we don't have Mike Smith calling the defensive plays. Yeah, that's true. I'm trying to think who even took over for him. Oh, yeah, like our linebackers coach took over for him, and he was really good for one game or one half, and then, of course, everything else fell. But I think something about watching him, watching this defense against the Cleveland, against Cleveland Browns in that third preseason game, where, yes, I know Cleveland didn't have Odell and Jarvis Landry and Chubb and all those boys, but we were creating pressure. And I don't want to drink the Kool-Aid too much. Red, I'm not a big red Kool-Aid guy anyway. Not a big red Gatorade fan either. I don't drink Gatorade at all. But I, I, I can't get those images out of my head. And I'm not saying they're going to make the playoffs. But I see all four. I see every team in this division finishing with at least seven wins. And I definitely wouldn't put a pass to put eight for the Bucks. And I see the division winner having ten wins. This is... This is the toughest division for me, honestly. This is the one I took the most time thinking about, and I still do not have it as a decision made. So, but hey, one thing: at least the Bucks will be exciting to watch. Can never put that. Can never put that. Can never take that away from the Bucks. Um, but all right, it's prediction. It's playoff prediction time. We're gonna go through. We already gave a hint. We're gonna finalize it. We're gonna lock it in. We're gonna do all. All of that fun stuff. So, Noah, let's start with the AFC. Do you want us to do division winners or do you want to do seeds? Let's just do division winners. Okay, let's start with the easiest one, the layup. The AFC East. Patriots. Yes, we're in agreement there. This is is what I got AFC. Got Patriots in the East 
Chiefs in the West. I still have Titans in the South, even though Texans could, but I still have Titans in the South. And AFC North, I'm going with Baltimore. So you have Patriots, Kansas City, Tennessee, Baltimore? Yeah. You know, man, I was talking about Tennessee in my preview, and I couldn't, and, I, and I'm just thinking, I'm like, no Taylor Lewan for four games. Marcus Mariota is Marcus Mariota. And I, I think I'm wavering on the Tennessee pick personally. I have New England, I have Kansas City, I have Cleveland. And I, I mean, I'll flip a coin. No, you're right. I'm, I'm backing out of Tennessee. I'm going to go with what my heart tells me to do. I'm going Colts to still win the division. I'm going Jacksonville. Wow. I flipped a coin. It was tails. I didn't even decide head or tails. But as it flipped, I said, I'm going Jacksonville. Just it works like that. I think, Telvin, I think Telvin's loss would be bad, but I still think there's enough talent on that defense. And I'm really excited to see D.D. Westbrook with the quarterback. And I think Leonard Fournette is going. Fantasy prediction, I think Fournette and Cook will finish as a t- as top five running backs in fantasy. Uh, wild cards. Wild cards, yes. I'll go first to this one. I have the Baltimore Ravens. And I'm doing this. I'm doing this thinking out loud right now as we speak. I don't want to pick Denver. I'm not going to pick Denver. I'm not going to pick Denver. I'm not going to pick Denver. Don't do it. <laughs> I'm not going to pick Oakland. I'm not going to do that for sure. I don't want to pick the Chargers. Pittsburgh, Houston, Colts, Bills. Let's go Buffalo. Let's lock it in. Let's just go Buffalo just for the sake of just for the sake of of content. I'm gonna go I got Cleveland as as a high five seed and could be Buffalo. I like Buffalo. I think Buffalo has a chance. I think it's either gonna be Buffalo or Pittsburgh. I'm in the same boat. Why are we why why do we have our Pittsburgh blinders up with this team all of a sudden? Like, this is a legit solid defense, front seven. Yeah. All right. I'm going to go Pittsburgh. Well, I, Thank <sighs> you. Thank you. That's all I need to hear. Because that's what I was thinking. They do have a solid T. It's true. So, yeah, I'm going to go Pittsburgh. So, you have you have three AFC North teams. Somehow, yeah. Yeah, God. I want to do that. But I'm, I'm going to go Buffalo over Pittsburgh for the sake of the content. Uh, we'll we'll see how that that conference plays out. Let's go NFC. Let's start with the NFC East. Cowboys yeah. win the division. Cowboys win the division. Packers win the North. Okay. Carolina wins the South. Okay. Seattle wins the West. All right. Uh, I I have Seattle in the West. I have who's the uh, I'm wavering on the Dallas Philly thing so much. I think they'll both make the playoffs, 
But, oh, man. I need to look at the schedules real quick. And I'm taking Eagles wild card, and I'm really deciding between Falcons and Saints. We're gonna for have the wild card. We're gonna have the same. We're gonna have pretty much the same exact playoff. Field. And I think I'm gonna go Falcons. Uh, I don't know why people think. All right, yeah, I'm. I'm. We. I think we have legit the same exact playoffs. Except, oh man, I have a weird Minnesota vibe. I think Dalvin's gonna. I just mentioned Dalvin's gonna go crazy. All right, to the coin. You know how you know how last time I flipped the coin and I said it didn't matter what happened, just the team went off in my head. Didn't happen this yeah. time, not at all. Uh. I have Packers, Cowboys, Seahawks, Eagles as the wild card team. We're in the greens there. Atlanta in the south. Carolina gets the wild card. So we literally have the same exact six teams out there. All right. So the playoff teams are in place. Who do you think? Who do you think? meets in the conference championship games. First off, do you see any wild card upsets? Oh, Eagles will win and Browns will win. I wouldn't be surprised if the Chiefs don't make it all that far in the playoffs. Why? I okay, still have to f- All right, let's scrap the NFC. Let's go right to the A- to the AFC. I know you I know we're limited on time, but why aren't the Chiefs going to go deep in the AFC? I'm very intrigued. I can't wait for your Super Bowl prediction now. Just the the defensive the defense still concerns me. The lack of uh, the offense does not offense does not concern me, but that defense does concern me. If they get caught in a bad weather game and it has to be a run the ball type of thing, that's just kind of what I'm what i'm feeling I, I i love Mahomes, but i still do not trust andy Reid in the playoffs man that is crazy all right so how does your afc playoffs play out then um not exactly the seeds because we didn't go by that but just who do you envision meeting in the conference championship probably patriots and Baltimore. Oh man, you are all in on Baltimore, and I love it. So do you it's have either, the Patriots? If it's not if it's not Patriots, Baltimore, it's Patriots, Chiefs. I think Baltimore. See if the if let me put it this way: if the Chiefs get matched up with Baltimore, that's when I think the playoff chances dwindle. Hmm. Even They're with the Baltimore, pre- even with Baltimore's defense not being as talented. Yeah. Well. They will find uh-huh. a way. So do you have New England going to the Super Bowl? Uh, yeah. I don't want to do it either, and I didn't. I didn't I ha- this time. I, I, I can't. I picked against, we picked against Tom Brady so much last year. Um, I can't disrespect. I can't disrespect it. I have the Kansas City Chiefs winning the AFC. 
Who do they beat in the conference championship game is as good as guess as mine. I think KC. I don't think it Beats. matters if I don't think they're the one seed, but I can see some symmetry where they go into New England and beat Brady just as Brady did last year in Kansas City, and. I don't see any wild card upsets personally. I don't. I don't think, unless it's Baltimore over Jacksonville. But those are two. I think Jacksonville could beat Baltimore at home, especially. Uh, so let's move to the NFC. How do you see the NFC playing out? Conference championship. I'm gonna go Carolina, Eagles. Carolina winning. Oh, you have Carolina, New England. Rematch of 2003. Sign me up for that game. 2004. I don't like doing Super Bowl predictions. I'm not good at them, but that's what we're going with. Dude, you're talking to a guy who picked Carolina versus Jacksonville. (laughs) Last year. Not this year. Last year. And if you've... I'm actually doing a little symmetry as well with this one. I am picking the Green Bay Packers to beat... Mm, No, can I change my... Yes. Seahawks. You 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 caught Seahawks over Seahawks lose the Panthers. The Seahawks make the Super Bowl. Oh no. oh man, I love it, I love it, and you caught the wave because I was definitely because you heard the symmetry part. I have the Packers beating the Seahawks, no matter where they play. Ah, oh, Packers, dude, I forgot about the Packers. No matter where oh, they my play. God. I even write about in this in my piece. I even say. You know, I'm picking the Packers to win the Super Bowl despite the Cowboys and Eagles having more talented rosters and all these other teams. I'm just I'm doubling down on the LeBron Aaron Rodgers symmetry. I'm doubling Man, down on it. You know what? We're gonna go Russell Wilson versus Aaron Rodgers and You just Man, take you I just take my prediction? I love Aaron Rodgers. Dude, that game was so much fun to watch last night. The Packers' D is solid. That offense is going to be humming. They have options outside of their number one in Devontae Adams. They got tight end threats. But, man, I love Russell Wilson. I feel and like you should- Clowney is a difference maker. I feel, I feel like you should go. I don't mean to make a prediction for you, but I feel like you should go Carolina versus Seattle and then flip a coin to see who, who wins out of that. I got my jar of coins right here. All right. All right. What heads. what is heads is who? Heads is Carolina, See, tails is Seattle. Sure. Cuz Seattle is a Carolina All right, Seattle. Carolina is your head pick, Seattle is your heart pick. It's it was tails? Yeah, it was Seattle. So you're going Seattle New England another rematch and who do you have winning that match? Um that we're going to go Seattle. You have Seattle winning the Super Bowl. I have the Green Bay Packers <laughs> winning the Super Bowl. Man, that's wild. I don't really like my prediction, but we're just going to go with it. Hey, I mean, Seattle's just fun, a fun team to root for and a fun team to get behind. Uh, so, yeah, that's that's our predictions. He has Seahawks. Seahawks. But it could easily be Carolina. It could easily be the Packers. Could, and, I think the champion comes out of the NFC. And the two most popular picks are the Ram, three most popular picks are the Rams, Saints, and... I can't believe I'm forgetting this team. I just had them first. And the Eagles. I mean, anything can happen in the NFC. I mean, our serial predictions, can, none of them can even make the playoffs in the NFC. But we think they will. We love these teams. Uh, Noah, is that all the time you got for today? Yes, it is. All right. Do you have any, any, any 
very, very 20-second quick thoughts about the College of Ball Slate? No, not really. haven't really dived, haven't really submersed myself into it. i got to watch like another week or two of teams because I didn't get to watch a whole lot of college football last year. Um, so the only team I can really talk about is Florida State. So Nebraska-Colorado is going to be great. Texas A&M-Clemson is going to be great. LSU-Texas is going to be great. So enjoy your Saturday before Red Sun Sunday mm-hmm. begins. By the way, LSU is six-and-a-half-point favorites on the road in Austin, which is wild to think about. So, Noah, thanks for hopping on. Of course, always. And that will do it for us. That's Noah Hemer. I'm Michael Duggar. We're the Nordinary Pod team on Nordinary Pod and Radio St. Pete Network.